morning, everyone. Welcome once again to Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. And this morning we have a special interview with uh, with Nick Hughes, who is the, the director and sales mentor and coach at Dynamic Coach Limited. And uh, we're very lucky to be discussing the, the relationship with sales and marketing with Nick this morning. And uh, I just wanted to uh, allow Nick to introduce himself to us before we get into our first question. So Nick, if you could just let us know a little bit more about your, your background and uh, where you come from to be with us today, that would be fantastic. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, uh, Sam and Sally. Thank you for having me this morning. Um, my background is predominantly um, sales leadership and sales directed in a, num a number of international businesses. Once to get off that corporate ladder uh, sort of five or six years ago, and sort of gap in the market um, to develop uh, underperforming teams and businesses around their sales and their commerciality and their approach. And Dynamic Sales Coach was born. The group has grown into a couple of other avenues as well, but um, it's predominantly around uh, sales growth and margin protection and growth within businesses. Um, so um, yeah, lost my train of thoughts already. <laughs> fantastic thank you well i'm gonna i'm gonna warm us up with our traditional question which we ask every single guest uh interviewee uh on our this interview it sounds very formal actually i think i think just guest is nice on our on our podcast which is nick could you tell us what your favorite dish is uh, favorite dish favorite dish i i i struggle to to pass up scallops bacon and black pudding on any menu Usually as a starter, but I really struggle to pass up uh, the scallops on any menu, to be honest with you, or, or squid. Mm. Now, if you'd asked me that, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I didn't do shellfish until about 10 years ago. I had sort of an epiphany somewhere and um, then <laughs> shellfish and um, a squid. But yeah, definitely scallops. Couldn't turn them up. Couldn't turn them oh. up. Oh, Love Fantastic. That that's lovely. I tell you what, you you be uh, kindred spirit with my wife. She she's a real shellfish aficionado, actually. So much so in our recent half term trip to Devon, she uh, she wanted to get one of these, uh, you know, um, uh, fruit uh, not fruit, uh, fruit well fruit de mer, you know, one of the, the big shellfish platters. Uh, we went to a nice restaurant, and I like shellfish, but not to a huge amount. I mean, I, I love scallops and things, but uh, unfortunately, I had to go for a steak salad instead. So she had to go with crab and prawns, I think, in the end. But but she enjoyed it nonetheless. So it's uh, that's a very good choice. <laughs> very very nice, particularly in the sunshine that we're having at the moment. So uh, great, fantastic. Thanks, for that, Nick. Um, well, I'm gonna now move on swiftly so we get into to the meat of the subject into uh into an actual uh, conversation about sales and marketing today so sally we we had discussed this in the past and i was wondering if really we want to go into nick with nick originally is the the overall relationship with marketing and sales we, we've sort of talked about it as being there being um i wouldn't say dysfunctional relationship but certainly challenging relationship that happens between the two uh teams and i was wondering if there's a particular area that we want to sort of uh ask really as an overall broad question before we jump down into detail which is around why is there an issue why do we think there might be an, uh, an issue and and how does this manifest itself um i think we've all worked in offices where um there's a sales team and they're in one little bit of the office and then there's a marketing team in the other bit of the office and they very often never speak to each other ever they don't think they don't they dislike each other because marketing feels bullied by sales and sales think that marketing is a waste of time and do no work and actually sales is what brings in all the money and what marketing is just sitting there being a waste of space and so it just it's just got this dysfunctional history around it and and it stops people actually getting out of their silo and crossing over and saying maybe we could work on this together you know we marketing are thinking of doing this campaign will this work for you is this the right date 
And the other big mistake that sales and marketing teams make, and I've never worked anywhere where they haven't made it, is that they don't share the same goals. So marketing will have this little goals over here about lead generation and da da da, but they won't tell sales what their goals are. I mean, sales might tell marketing maybe what their actual revenue goals are, but basically there's very little sharing going on there. And it means that you bump into each other all the time and you just sit there in a huge huff going, oh, they never help. And it just becomes dysfunctional. And I, to be honest, in my relatively long career, I've not ever found somewhere where it works. Gosh, that's quite something. What do you think, then, Nick? Do you, do you, would you would you echo those sentiments and say that you have you ever found that it works? I'm quietly nodding, and I agree with uh, with Sally that um, I have found somewhere where it did start to work. But as a whole, in the thirty odd years I've been uh, in and around sales, no, it's never worked. I actually think the two, the two departments are on the same track, so they're on the same trajectory, but they're on different timelines. So sales is very much. Um, in my experience around the now, the budget for this month, this quarter, and marketing are very much, depending on what their criteria is, they could be market horizon scanning for three to five years ahead and positioning and product positioning and, and the right material at the right time. And that never aligns with the sales side of it. So sales will be, oh, well, I need something doing now for a customer or a campaign for next quarter or maybe at best two quarters down the line, whereas marketing have put that to bed six nine twelve months ago in many cases and the budget signed off and it's done and there's no more budget so i actually think they're on the same tracks probably trying to say the same thing in many cases but differently but actually they're on slightly misaligned um time scales and, and i think sally's right it, in 90 percent and seeing the businesses that i work with at the moment i don't think i've had one client in uh, three years we've been doing this business we've had this business where it's been aligned and very often the sales director or the managing director is covering the sales role and the marketing role or there might be somebody an understudy and actually he, even that one person who's controlling both departments can't get it right because wow. they are misaligned yeah so um yeah i, I think they've um uh, the two departments the two siloed um but i, I would suggest and sally and i've spoken about this previously it is moving it is changing and I probably first saw that in the market seven or eight years ago, where sales started to drift into marketing and marketing became more of sales. And then there's these projects which were led by both teams. And that's when you get that traction and that real added value from a business perspective. Otherwise, they become two very expensive silos in a business. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's right. I, mean, I think that, funnily enough, I've noticed a very slight change, and I've not noticed, I think, as much change as you have. But I have noticed now we've gone to more online sales. There's a there's a forced bit of joining in because like, you used to get a huge rep force who were out there selling into the marketplace. They ne were never ever seen by marketing ever, and now we're selling online. We're both at least in the same marketplace. So we've done a you know online campaign and the sales are coming in online. Um, and I think that makes marketing be more aware of sales. But at the same time, I think you're right that the time difference is, is just huge. And I think I think that I really and I really believe in getting financial directors involved in the sales and marketing 
misalignment because some of it is that the financial goals are different and actually if they only shared those financial goals and the fd arrived and said right we're going to join this up now and we're going to report it like this it might force an alignment a better alignment i think i'll pick up on something you said a few minutes ago there's sally around different kpis or measurements of how that business works and um as a <laughs> I wouldn't advocate a finance director getting involved in sales or marketing at all because they generally come in with a side. Um, but but I, I get the sentiment of where you're coming from that actually somebody to say, okay, so here's a pot of money that runs these teams and runs the programs and the projects that they're running. Um, how do we get the best value out of the two of you working together? So I get that sentiment. Yes, I do agree with it. Um, but I think one of the, the, the misalignments I've always seen in 30 years I've been around is I've, ne I've never understood what marketing's KPIs are or their measurements or their criteria for what's being the Sometimes team. marketing don't know either. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, yeah, but sales are measured every day, every Friday. Well, you, you miss target, what's the budget for next month? What's the quarter, what's the quota? Um, and when you, know, you try and converse with sales and marketing, it's a slightly different language. Um, so I would agree with somebody overseeing it, whether that's an FD, um, sales and marketing director, one and the same, which I think is becoming a bit of a hybrid. But I think the point that you made uh, a moment to go, Sally, is really interesting. Um, so I, I probably, through no uh, research, just a feeling about four or five years ago, start to get the feeling that sales teams were going to shrink significantly over the next five to eight. I think I said five to eight years, probably five to ten, because the way technology was moving. And actually, we don't need as many salespeople on the, on the ground. What we do need is better quality and almost mm. sales people have to think in a slightly different way of well i can't bring them from covering a bigger geographical area more complex more technical i can't bring marketing and or product people in to help with what goes on they've, they've, they've almost got to become a better quality salesperson with a little bit of marketing and a little bit of product knowledge um to, to, to show that development and i actually think that's been we're starting to accelerate before we had COVID and the pandemic but it is it is expanded or sort of uh, exponentially grown significantly in the last 12 months you know we can see sales teams being cut or redeployed in many cases um and having to do more work around sales marketing get involved with online get involved with what the messages are um and, and i see that now and I actually see it becoming even faster as we go through this year and into next year uh, and that sort of um, blurred line between reduced sales teams, but sales teams were doing more, if you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So mm. do you think the sales teams are almost, I mean, in a way, sales and marketing are actually becoming increasingly one thing. That, I mean, that would be genuinely, if we could break through that silo, that would just be delicious. Um, um, I think I think it depends where, it depends on the business, the industry, the sector, and how the business is set up. So yeah. salespeople generally come from, um, uh, from a couple of backgrounds, but let's just talk about the higher quality salespeople who may have come from a technical background um, and have some technical expertise in the, in the product or the service that they're selling. Um, a lot of marketing people tend to come through university and college from that perspective, tie that in with, with, um, uh, with expertise in their field. And I think there's a bit of a mismatch there around skill set. So for me, if you can find someone, some of the I'm just thinking back, I'm, I'm running some names in my head now about um, uh, managing directors who've come through a marketing background, filtered into sales for a year or two, then maybe done finance for two or three years, and then all of a sudden 
they're almost a complete product as a managing mm -hmm. director and have an understanding of the individual parts or components of the business. Do I ever see marketing people per se becoming salespeople? Possibly, and as a percentage, yes. How big a percentage is open for debate? Do we see salespeople becoming marketing people? I, I don't, and, and, I, and I haven't got an answer to why I don't see that other than I look around at the, at the, the, the quality of people and their trajectory that businesses will want them to go on to be the sales leaders and directors of the future. Um, and I, I always question whether the, the packages and the, say, and, and the for want of a better phrase, um, remuneration, How's that fair? Because mm -hmm. those guys and ladies always tend to have a better package than their marketing equivalents, in my opinion. That is interesting. So, and they're often... It was draw to sales, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and some, some of the salespeople are on commission and the, the marketing people rarely are. And so you're right, there is a kind of different... The remuneration... Remuneration packages. That's interesting as a distinguishing point, actually. The point that... And, I, mean, I have worked in offices where you, you did have a separate sales director and a, and a marketing director and very often the sales director had more inverted commas board clout yep. because it was them that was bringing feeding you know feeding the bottom line effectively and so that 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 is interesting that they're, they're regarded that there's a status issue going on maybe some in some places I and mean, it's good to hear from you that you think there is there are there's genuine change that we are going to begin to see a change in the way sales and marketing work together particularly online and if sales i mean sales departments might almost completely disappear ultimately there must be some online businesses that if they've started online they've had no purpose to have any sales business at all really when I mean, they've got to watch their revenue like revenue stream but in a way it's not a sales function it's a marketing function really I think I think it's I think it has changed. And I know businesses that have moved from having outdoor salespeople on the road with a car, costing X amount a year, um, and they've actually moved into an internal sales team, which is relatively cheap. You can have more people. You can get to more people. You can get your message across in many ways much easier. So I think we're we're heading towards a bit of a hybrid halfway point at the moment of producing sales teams um, to go indoors. But actually, if marketing can help get that message right. You have then have two internal teams. So you take away one of the barriers, which is one team out in the car or on the road or working from home. Um, and you know, hopefully on the day when we all get back to an office, is two teams working individually. You know, what is it specifically that internal sales you think? And that team really yeah. calling out to clients need to market the product or the business better. So that's even a hybrid coming down the line. Yeah, and we do need to make sure, I mean, it'd be really good if they were in the same office and they could actually hear each other because yeah. they then hear the types of messaging that particularly the sales team who are talking to the customers are actually saying out loud on the phone or whatever they're doing. Because I think sometimes that gets lost. I mean, to be honest, the sales team are the most customer-oriented marketeers possible because they're there talking to them all the time. And if marketing could just bring themselves to listen to them, some of their hard work finding messaging routes is all done for them by the sales team who are speaking it all the time. Actually, that's a good point that you raised there because actually some of the, the stuff that marketing does in businesses I've been with and worked in has been that horizon scanning. So actually the sales guys might be saying, well, you need, you need a cup of coffee this size at the moment, Mr. Jones. Um, uh, without actually having the confidence 
the background or the supporting information to say, because in 12 to 18 months time, we're going to reposition our <clears throat> product, our coffee, uh, or the market looks like it's going to change. And that marketing person coming in to give an overview of where the market is going. Um, it's a lesson I learned about 15 years ago and just sit back and just let the marketing guys get on with it. Um, because the customer sees that they're adding a lot more value to that conversation, more so than the salesperson saying, how many cups of coffee do you want? How many, many cups of coffee do you want? Yeah. So that longer term scanning is, uh, is key if we can get that in communication. As you say, Nick, I mean, that's almost the flip side of the sometimes when there's the the, the, the dysfunctional the nature of the relationship with the timeline appreciation. That's actually the positive side of it. As you say, the marketing more longer term, perhaps, and, and sales more immediate what's in front of them, the commercially driven. I mean, I think it's fascinating what you've been saying really about the sort of the, the timeline misalignment. You can I've absolutely had that situation myself where I'm I'm literally been working when we were in a big open plan office uh, previously in a company there was a strong uh, sales team actually the sales team were based this is quite an interesting physical organization of an office they were right in the middle of the room and they were like literally the engine room of of the whole operation and they were the, the senior leadership and admin were at the top and then marketing were down the bottom i say down the bottom psychologically that's how i saw it we were sort of down the bottom of the room and we would have people come up and ask us about oh can you do this just now can you do this it was all very immediate very short timeline because of course you appreciate that they are i think because if marketers have that commercial awareness of saying well i know that you need to go out on this pitch now or you're having that phone call this afternoon or you know you need that slide deck whatever it is there's those sort of immediate things i think that's then what can breed the the problem and potential resentments as you say with timeline i'm sitting there going i'm actually working on a plan now for the next 12 months and you're coming and asking me for something you need like in, in an hour and so yeah. that's a, a, a sort of perfect example of how the, the, that problem but then on the flip side if i come back and say well for that presentation, by the way, actually, you know what, you're, you're selling this, but you know, we've got this coming up and there's, there's, there's this new uh, uh, entrance into the market that's coming along, whatever it might be. We, we have that sort of uh, perhaps a, long, a longer scale, um, longer term view. But it's it, it, again, it's that communication and transparency, isn't it? As you say, with the sort of the plans, I mean, as long as you should be working to the same overall um, you know the same objectives I mean different KPIs at different times because if I'm looking to build an audience now that needs to sort of gestate and, and be nurtured over six months say it, it's not going to be any good for my sales team until the sixth, fifth or sixth month but along it, it's again it's that two-way communication but of course when you both got competing priorities you feel as if you know sales will always be more sort of commercial let's get the money on the dotted line and marketing alike let's invest and wait to see how it goes it's almost like the difference between I don't know, going to the supermarket and growing a vegetable patch, isn't it, to a certain degree? There's those two sort of things, but you need to understand that one comes from the other, I suppose. So again, it sort of seems to come down to communication to a certain degree. I actually, actually think marketing can help themselves here. And um, I, I am talking about this from a biased perspective now, having been inducted into seven or eight employees in my career. And you, you get your induction plan on a spreadsheet and you go to the various departments, sit down with marketing and they go, this, uh, this is where you find this bit of information on the drive and this is this and, and you know this is generally where who you need to speak to for this sort of stuff and there's, a, there's a, um, um, an apprentice over there who will take all the immediate day-to-day -day stuff and then we'll sit in our meeting once a week and disseminate it who's going to pick it up and, and I actually think from, a, from, a, from an induction perspective you sit people down you give them right here's the plans for the next two quarters they're not going to change don't ask for anything if you want anything it's going to be six, it's going to be four to six months down the line, whatever that time scale is. But you know what? Here's your slide deck. Here's the general 
uh, slide deck for the business. Here's the direction of travel and our focus for the next six to 12 months. If it's outside of that focus, well, we need to have another conversation. And I actually think there's a lot that the departments can do with that because it'll help, it'll help the incoming salesperson, if there's any salespeople going forward, um, to understand what the priorities are. And it sets that expectation straight away that don't come and ask if it's only on a Monday morning if you need it on a Tuesday afternoon because it's probably unlikely it's going to happen. Um, but again, I think it's that, you know, sales director will go into the marketing director and say, well, then you guys start and then you can't get anything done or, or she can't get anything done. Can we just give them an hour with someone to do a slide deck or to do, a, you know, a, a company overview or, or, you know, tell us what the direction of this service or that product is. And you're right. I think um, sales directors haven't been what can twist. Is that the right word? skew yes. skew the relationships and the board relationships within the business because you can stand there and go if i don't get it I might miss out on that three million pound deal and all of a sudden someone goes martin director make it happen um and I, you know, I, i've been there i've done it i've used it but um it's uh it, it, i think the world is changing certainly since i stopped being employed and became self-employed three three and a half years ago the world has changed again and it's going much faster the way I thought it was going to go five years ago. Mm. And again, go back to the fact I said before, a few minutes or so, a few minutes ago, um, it's just been compounded over the last 12 months. So I think it'd be really interesting probably this time next year, maybe even towards the end of the summer next year to look back and go, how much really changed? I think a lot will change in that two year period. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely, I, I, I get a sense actually when I mean, you talk about sort of marketing that actually how marketing is planned and actually how we work because there's a lot of people talking more about agile marketing these days and i i first talked about that when uh i was back working for um uh, a large publishing company and, and they would they were doing agile teams on everything that the whole the whole company was changing to agile so we had all these introductions and we said let's try and do agile marketing and of course it just sounds like a buzzword to a certain degree but actually the whole thing of like well what is it what are the things we need to be doing long term shorter term what are the things we can actually change and 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 adapt and it's interesting that you know obviously there needs to be that consistency of planning and, and having your forward plan but also the responsiveness that you have to your market so you're not always an ad hoc chaos of let, let's just you know go to every whim of every of everybody for, for everything but i think again if, if you the thing that unites i think it's focusing for me it's like from the marketing standpoint it's like focusing on the thing that unites the sales and marketing around the customer journey so understanding if you have a really both of a really clear idea of what it is your customers are needing to see and when they're needing to see it and how how are you getting them to market? What's the route to market and how are you converting them? Mm. Then that, if you keep that focus in mind, you, you can be perhaps more agile. And, and as you say, perhaps there's more of a, a blurring and, and even a, you know, the skills, perhaps there's a, I've written down here, function skills, people outcomes. And by outcomes, I mean sort of the, the actual outcome of the commercial outcome we want to achieve the people who are physically doing it, the skills that are required within a team or a company, perhaps a small business to deliver on, on that. And then the, the, the functions as we traditionally see them so perhaps that evolution potentially in you know obviously everyone says about the speed of change and the fact that you have to be responsive and everything every day i mean that there, there was a uh it's a quite terrifying quote from someone i, I used to work with at, at the uh, side business school who, who said um the best thing about marketing is uh, everything changes every day and the worst thing about marketing is everything changes every day so you don't want to tell that to an extreme but but as we know, we live in a very dynamic uh, world these days. And so I think having that, the, the, you, you need to have a core, don't you? And then the bits around it that can 
be more malleable and it can change and there but if you're keeping that central focus in mind maybe that's a way that teams form and build new teams sales and marketing roles change but also the way in which the two functions if they are two distinct functions in a business can work more effectively together if any of that makes sense i think i've gone off into all sorts of oh, it, it does and you know we work with some agile practices and, and uh, sort of disruptive techniques to bring biz businesses along that to make them be different and differentiate uh, in their marketplace and against their competitors um but as, as you said there you have an agile marketing team if the sales team are not of an agile mentality and, and don't follow that process it just it just stops or putting the customer centric to it if the customer and this is where we're working with a couple of clients at the moment about looking at their customers and are they or have they got the customers that will drive the business forward as fast as, as they needed to and in, in one case the answer is a very big no the largest customer nearly 50 percent of their turnover is very staid very traditional haven't changed family-run business has been for near on 70 years and actually don't have a crm if they could, they'd send you a fax with a handwritten note on for the order. It's a multi-million multi, it's a, it's a multi pound business. But actually, if you can identify those customers that can move forward in an agile manner, and you've got that agile marketing team, and you've got an agile sales team, um, the whole business can move forward in leaps and bounds. And as you were talking, I was trying to think of an example. And as much as I don't, I don't like the product, you have to take your hat off to some of the new tech companies. So someone like Salesforce. You know, they started out was it 17, 18 years ago with an agile MD, agile technical approach to stuff, agile marketing, and it's just snowballed into this absolute monster of a business, global business in whatever it's 17, 16, 17, 18 years or so. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually think you know, we you talked about is it a buzzword or not, agile and disruptive. And I think these are new words which are creeping into the language here in the UK. Uh, in the last four or five years, maybe a bit longer. But actually, have, have businesses really understood what that means? Well, Agile, we react quicker when our customer wants something, but actually, have you got the right customer which justifies the agility to make that jump forward again or to take that market share? Um, I, I, I hear it mentioned in sales a little bit about being Agile, but it tends to come from the other departments tends to be agile HR, agile finance, agile accountants, agile um, um, marketing. And um, the thing that goes in the top, which you marketing guys will like, is the, is the first thing is the sale. Somebody has to go and sell something. And the sales teams have not cottoned on or not catching up with that. And maybe that's something I can take away, just verbalizing, talking to you guys, and maybe take away from this conversation and say, okay, what, what can we do differently to, to help that along? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think however agile and um, clever you are, you absolutely have to remember that the most important thing is your customer, as you said, and both teams, both sales and marketing ought to have at the middle of all their thoughts, their customer, and that should drive exactly how they behave. Um, and it was really interesting because I think it's very easy to have these conversations and Sam and I often do have these conversations, but we miss out the customer. It was really interesting to hear that actually it's the agility of the customer that possibly drives how one can behave that's a really interesting concept and if you're as you said if your customers are sitting there knitting or crocheting they're probably not going to suddenly appreciate you saying now we, you, you have to do all your business online yeah. so yeah no that's a really interesting concept for making it change and from a sales perspective you know 
MD CEO of the board wants 20% growth next year. Right, Mr. Sales Director, we'll find this 20% growth. Okay, so we already have 70% market share. I'm summarizing this. How do we grow? We get our existing customers to, to buy more or sell more. That's good, but can they switch it on on January the 1st and automatically go 20% more? Probably not because there'll be limitations in their supply chain, their market share, their product range, competitors. Yeah, okay, there's millions of ways we can maneuver things around, but actually agility and that pace of change and remaining flexible is is always a challenge. Um, you know, I always, always find it interesting when you talk to finance directors and finance people and they say, it's going to sell more when you go, okay, you come with us and let's just see how we facilitate those conversations. Well, we have to end it there. That's the end of part one of our conversation with Nick, and we hope you found it interesting so far. Some very juicy insights coming in part two next week. And you'll see at the moment we're doing about one podcast per week. And, uh, well, that's because we're so busy at the moment. But uh, we will continue, and uh, please do get in touch with us. You can find us at Marketing Meanders online, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, on YouTube as well. Wherever you want to find us, we will be there. And let us know if there's any other content that you'd like us to cover. Look forward to talking to you all again soon. Take care. Bye for now.